Welcome to Market Scale Sports and Entertainment. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have the pleasure of having a conversation with Isaiah Kazavinsky. Now, Isaiah is the co-founder and principal for Athletes Technology Capital, but he's also the co-founder of the Sports Innovation Lab. Isaiah, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Excited to, to have this discussion. Let's get the important business out of the way first. I said your last name correctly, didn't I? Yes, you uh, you navigated those uh, those perilous waters very well. It's uh, but first time I was I was ever introduced in a professional football game coming out of the tunnel. Uh, it was pronounced Isaiah Kalawaki. So so you you get a standing ovation for how you pronounced it. I feel very proud about that. We should probably just end the interview now, so I can end with a win, right? <laughs> yes, you're with your head. I mean, your last name is definitely 170 points in Scrabble. Tell me about your path from Harvard through the NFL, and then you get your MBA and you decide to found this company. Tell me about that journey. Yeah, it's, it's been an amazing journey. I would even say kind of from the early part of my life, I, I grew up in poverty and uh, Harvard was probably the, the furthest thing from my mind. And, um, you know, you end up having really an awakening at a very young age of, uh, without a ton of direction, but uh, an awakening around how lucky I was to be in the United States of America and how I could actually control my own destiny. And I set out at a pretty young age and knew I wanted to play in the NFL, but also knew I wanted to do really well in school. And I pushed as hard as I possibly could from a year early age. Um, my backup plan, I knew I wanted to play in the NFL when I was nine years old. My backup plan was was to be a doctor. And I, I continue to put my head down and, and work hard. And uh, it's a pretty crazy story how I ended up at Harvard, but ended up there and, you know, was was a four-year starter on the football team, but also finished uh, the pre-medical, pre-medicine requirements uh, for that as well, which is if anything went wrong, I was going to be a doctor, right? Um, but, I, you know, I went all in. Was drafted by the Seahawks in the fourth round of the 2000 draft uh, as a linebacker and uh, ended up being a three-time captain, Seattle, one of the captains of the Super Bowl team, the first team that Seattle had to make the Super Bowl. Um, and ended after eight years in the NFL and, and nine surgeries at that time. I've now had 11 on the body. Uh, I, I limped away from the game and uh, you know, decided that medical school uh, wasn't necessarily something that I was uh, very excited about at that, at that point in my life. When my kids were young. I didn't want to miss their childhood, especially with the kind of the childhood I had and wanted to also, you know, kind of uh, spread my wings a little and learn more about what else existed and really started to see even at that point, uh, there was an interconnectedness to kind of how I viewed the world from kind of this idea of human performance and how that's not just an elite athlete thing. In the end, we all want to feel good and uh, other aspects as well. So in, during that time, also, I had started investing in my time as a player, as an angel investor in private companies and started to really, really learn from classmates of mine. I was able to shadow uh, in the off season and uh, really had a good point of view of instead of medical school, I decided on business school. So I, I applied to Harvard Business School, got in and it was a great transition process for me to really help uh, understand and, and learn uh, almost to a point of like, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I wanted to, to really, really continue to feed this insatiable curiosity and, and spread the wings and figure out what I could be passionate about. I had a really good amount of mentors early on in my life, um, especially early in that transition period. 
that I knew I had to be passionate about what I was going to drive at next. And I spent a lot of time uh, in self-introspection around trying to find that and, and really getting into what made me tick as well, which is I love the game of, of football. I just participated without even thinking. And I had to almost deconstruct that and then re put it together in, uh, in, in something else. And being an entrepreneur, I, I quickly found out was that, was that niche and was, uh, was one of the first people to join a company called MC10, which is a thin, flexible, wearable electronics company. And I uh, ended up becoming the global head of business development. That team uh, grew to over 80 people and raised over $100 million, which was just an absolutely amazing experience. In the meantime, I knew I wanted to start a company from the ground up myself. And that's when I started the Sports Innovation Lab and really uh, took into account of really trying to bring a bunch of different worlds together. But in the end, it was all about this interconnectedness of sports technology defined as broadly as you can, can open up larger adjacent markets from healthcare to IoT to you know, even kind of this intersection of esports to traditional sports, which I started to see uh, as well. And uh, from that, it was you know, similar to like Gartner Forrester Research type of company to map the entire landscape of what exists out there and really, really put this rigor and segmentation to the sports technology industry and how it's going to change. On top of that, um, you know, the kind of really a stepping stone in a premeditated way to really start an investment fund, which is where I'm at now, Athletes Technology Capital, where that information feeds into mapping the landscape uh, broadly defined and being able to, to really, really deploy capital around very unique investment thesis of sports technology, opening up large adjacent markets. Uh, but technology has caught up with telling that story as well. So just a very unique time uh, to be alive, especially in this space as well. You know, you have a really interesting mix of perspectives. So let me ask you this, as someone who retired from football uh, right around going on 10 years now, Tell me about the way you've seen technology change with regard to sports in that short period of time. Uh, that's a that's a great question, and um, I, I think I could I could answer that in several different ways. I think one of the the largest overall themes, and you're seeing this not just in sports technology, but even just more broadly, is the automation of everything. And, you know, obviously uh, training algorithms and machine learning playing a key role in that. You're starting to see that play a major role uh, in this space. I can get very specific around, um, you know, some, some aspects around that. I, I think there's a couple of different things, which is, you know, kind of my own personal experience and then kind of how I viewed the outside world, but really did, didn't have the, the capacity to go test it because I had a full-time job was playing football. But having these curious aspects of, um, is this relevant for everyone else, right? I think what a, what a good investor always asks themselves, is this, is this relevant? Will this, you know, kind of translate into, into big markets? I think one of those ones that was very personal to bring it down back down to a personal level is, um, you know, I, I think I always looked at my training as a way to, I wanted to quantify. And I was always grasping at this. I had a, you know, my technology was a pen and paper. To be able to write down how I ate, how I slept, how I drank, uh, how I how I worked out, and in um, you know that quantified athlete uh, perspective I had and, and yearned for as you know very in tune with human physiology and medicine, I wanted to quantify as much as that experience, and I couldn't. You know, the technology didn't exist to do that when I was a player. 
I'll fast forward to now and you're starting to see, you know, really a field of what I call this extension of, you know, quantified athlete as an extension to quantified self. Um, really is the same thing, right? In the end, we all want to take guesswork uh, out of how we feel and we all want to feel our best. We all are made differently. We all have different nutritional sensitivities, different genetic makeup, different microbiome, different capacity overall. And we are on the tip of the iceberg of absolutely quantifying almost every single aspect of that from both human performance to recovering from injury to uh, how we feel day to day. And that is a massive opportunity. Elite athletes are incentivized to feel their best. There's just absolutely no doubt. So it becomes a test bed that then will trickle down. The sensing capability itself, which usually was kind of always left to, well, the sensors and the sensing capability is always going to be left to the regulated side. The democratization of those sensors has opened up a massive opportunity that is not just on the regulated side of what would be called, you know, kind of you know, that side of medicine. It's a, this digital health gray area that opens up into a massive market. I could talk about the same way about IoT and smart cities and smart venues as a, as a small test bed around that from immersive media and, um, uh, you know, AR, VR, OTT be really being uh, led into its prevalence and kind of where it's starting to pick up now, really led in by, you know, all of us owing a debt of gratitude to Twitch and Amazon for doing that through esports and doing it in a way that has really, really progressed this personalization of digital media, how we consume the world, which is another massive opportunity. So I think these are some examples. Uh, it's how I see the world and how I see kind of this interconnected piece. Sports is a way to test that and then expand into these big markets is really the core theme of how I see the world. And really what I spent, you know, what, as you said, almost 10 years building this thesis. So I want to go back to the name of one of the companies you founded, and that is the Sports Innovation Lab, because you literally have found a way to stress test these technological ideas that you see in the most intense arena, and that is the world of sports. Most people walking around, we're not athletes. We can run, we can jog, but I can't run a 4540. However, technology that helps someone who can reach that physical peak it seems like just a natural laboratory in the world of sports to find things that can help those of us who don't live and function on a daily basis in that world. Now, you, you are absolutely correct. That is the core, one of the main cores or subsegments of the thesis, but the interconnectedness of what I call human performance is kind of speaks broadly to that. And, and, I, and when I say that, it, it's all the way from, like I said, injury recovery, all the way from which that is not just an elite athlete thing. That's a lot of people. That's from injury recovery to performance to really trying to quantify almost every single aspect of your life to quantifying disease state, you name it. There is all kind of um, this data that is, there's a lack of capture of highly accurate data that will soon change over the the next five to 10 years in, a, in such a way that will start to enable uh, actionable uh, insights and almost change the way we even think about our, our, our health as we see it today and how we've always grown up, which is 
a very reactive way. Wait till wait till something bad happens and go see a doctor, right? Instead of a completely proactive way to look at our own self, had catastrophe off of the past, and by the way, create an unbelievably efficient healthcare system where it's bogged down by um, things that are, that are very, very much avoidable from diabetes to heart disease, to you, you name it, to obesity, to a, a variety of other pieces, being able to take a proactive approach to that. And elite athletes are incentivized to do that. And it becomes almost a natural test bed to really be the tip of the spear around that. And, you know, you, you see debates on, you know, people that have qu tried to quantify disease state over time and look at that. And, you know, you look at the most fit people, the elite athletes and the most sick, those two groups should be both the most motivated to want to be able to engage in a test technology in a, in a, in a, in a, in a way that can make their lives better. You don't always see that on both sides. And there's several reasons from the elite side, I would say is majority of that. In, you know, there's been studies on, you know, uh, from quantifying disease day for the most sick, where even the most sick do not feel empowered and incentivized to want to get better, which is a fascinating uh, thing. So furthermore, brings up to kind of the importance of this thesis, not that it's the only one, but I think it's, it's very pro provocative in a, a variety of ways and reverberate through many different markets. Have you seen changes that technology has brought to sports and the way we approach sports? So there's, there's a couple of very low-hanging fruits and examples around you know, how we look at human performance and taking guesswork out of, um, even at a very basic level, uh, automating a lot of the, what we go through every day. So this idea of quantifying hydration, this idea of quantifying uh, sleep, this idea of quantifying caloric expenditure and the ability to track that day after day after day. Now, the quality is different and will continue to increase, but that ability, it helps take what I consider kind of create, creating miniature feedback loops. The ability to have decision trees where you did this, you felt good. You did this, you felt bad. You did this so many times after day after day and you felt really good. Recreating those events, taking guesswork out of how you feel and recreating the events that make you feel good, which seems almost crazy, but this lack of ability to capture this accurately gives you, keeps you guessing time after time after time. Well, I think I did this and it just led to this. So it's kind of really this causal kind of piece of, recreating and put your putting yourself in the best probability of feeling your best and that 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 exists today it's only gonna get better and better um on the on the other side just think about how we look at you know i'll go back to how linear cable as, as we've always known it is is really being um you know disrupted in a major way by ott but the ability to uh, to never kind of leave your device and enjoy a Thursday night football game, for example, or an NBA game, or, you know, kind of uh, those events seemed crazy to even think about do on such a, a small device. And the ability to have that customized and that experience customized around you, as well as to have a very engaged and interactive, uh, intimate relationship with that brand and that experience is, is amazing. And you start to see... What other companies are also doing as well is just like more of the demo democratization of the experience, which is if you look at some of the virtual reality plays you know, out there and Intel is leading a large uh, you know, effort around this, which is 
if I'm a Boston Red Sox fan and I live in China or Poland or wherever I may be, I, there's most likely I'll never go to a Fenway, Fenway Park and see the Red Sox game. But the ability to place in, uh, virtually in any setting on the field from an amazing viewpoint, vantage point, is an amazing, amazing, amazing technological feat and innovation. It will continue to get, get better. But those aspects are some examples of how it's changing. And don't get me started on esports uh, dovetailing and intersecting with traditional sports. It's a fascinating category. And I've got a ton of viewpoints around that as well. But you can start to see um, how this technology overall is going to play a major role in changing how we experience the world starting with sports. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I should have spent more time playing video games when I was a kid. I'm just saying that right now. I could be a pro esports player right now. Today, I've had the opportunity and the pleasure to have a conversation with Isaiah Kazavinsky. He's the co-founder of the Sports Innovation Lab and the co-founder and principal for the Athletes Technology Capital Group. Isaiah, thanks so much for taking the time today. It has been really fascinating. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries. 